0: It's time for something different. Time to look at ice hockey. Yes, indeed it is. Time to look at ice hockey. 22 and a half minutes before 7 o'clock. And uh, even though um, it's now in its Christmas, New Year recess, uh, a lot to be uh, proud about with the uh, Sydney Sirens. They uh, came out last weekend in their uh, uh, their battles uh, against uh, Adelaide. A lot of people who thought that they were their nearest and uh, closest rivals came out and, and, and did the business and sit in a very nice position heading into the Christmas New Year break. Someone who's had a, a very good first half to the season is a Canadian from the city of uh, Mississauga uh, on the edge of... Uh, uh, of Toronto, just out of Toronto, on the edge of Lake Ontario. And let me tell you... It's about, or oh, if uh, my maths is right, probably about 50 degrees Celsius in difference in temperature there to what it is here uh, right now uh, as we head into Christmas. I speak of Nadine Edney. She's been uh, a key player for the Sirens heading into uh, their position at the top of the table. We are delighted to have her on the line to talk about Her experiences and how the sirens are travelling and what they can look forward to when the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League resumes in the new year. She's on the line. Welcome to the bench, Nadine, to your first appearance on the program. Thank you for
1: having
0: me. Well, straight off the bat, how are you finding this difference, the 50 degrees Celsius uh, difference in temperature? It's a heck of a lot different here to what it is in Mississauga. Unfortunately, we've even turned on the smoke for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the smoke's a little different, but I'm definitely not complaining about the, no snow. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed. Well, um, it must be agreeing with you. You're the uh, the leading scorer in the uh, Australian Women's Ice Hockey League, 14 goals and 12 assists in the uh, first 10 games of the season. Uh, what have you put this rate, this rich vein of form, down to? Um, I mean, you can't score goals without
1: assists, so it's all about everyone helping out and i just happen to
0: be the one putting it into the back of the net what was the the attraction to come to australia um was it a bit of trying to check out a, a different level of play was it the fact to come out and push the boundaries as far as living in another part of the world that doesn't have a white christmas um what was the attraction what brought you here uh, basically, I
1: graduated from university and played university hockey uh, for the past four years. I graduated in the spring, and my roommate and I, Kayla Nielsen, number 20, uh, she and I wanted to continue playing, and my sister is over here studying, so she actually, she actually found us the two extra import spots, and we decided to come on an, an adventure and see where the hockey took us
0: and it's taken you to uh, to this part of the world and, uh, and a successful side. How have you found the standard? You probably came here with, you know, a few question marks in the back of the mind. I mean, Australia? Hockey? Really? Or do, they, do they play it down there? I mean, okay, they may be up and coming. You've been here for long enough now to get yourself into this uh, siren system and into the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. How have you found it? How does it compare to the standard of uh, university hockey you've been used to back home?
1: Uh, Yeah, so it was definitely a little bit different. Um, Anybody that I told I was going to play ice hockey in Australia, they kind of giggled and and asked if they really did play it over here. Um, The biggest difference, I think, is the rinks and the biggest adjustment has been the whole, not all the rinks have glass. (laughs) Um, As for the standard of play, uh, we were ready to kind of scale back a little bit um, from going to the rink basically seven days a week to now a couple practices, a couple games here and there was definitely what we were looking for.
0: So it's the, the. I wouldn't say it's not, when you get out on the, on the rink it's intense, but not as many practice sessions, not the full on seven days a week is probably something that you found a bit refreshing.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: All right then. Uh, what about the uh, the physicality and the fact that okay, in some rinks there's no glass. You've got to be a little bit, you know, wary about taking the bump and going into the into the corners uh, with the normal uh, force, the normal brutality. Has how have you adjusted to that?
1: Um, it's a little different. I'd say it's a little bit harder for someone that's maybe a little taller. Um, I'm obviously a little shorter, so going into the boards is Pretty much the same. I don't get pushed over the boards as much as, say, someone who is a little bit taller. Um, the physicality is right up there with any other league. Um, everybody wants to win, so battles in the corners, corners are always hard.
0: What about um, uh, roommate, teammate, close friend? How's she handling it? Good, good. She's
1: uh, we've both been enjoying it. Um, it was definitely a good next step after. Uh, four
0: years in hockey. In well it's you're, you're playing a different it's a different level whether it's better or not is probably open to question but it's certainly different alright getting back to um, the Sirens set up how did you find making your way into the squad knowing that as one of the imports you're expected to perhaps um, deliver right from the get go right from the off
1: yeah, so um, coming into the sirens, a few of the girls had mentioned basically this is um, kind of the first of organized hockey they've played. So we, we had a, the, um, the fact that we have been playing for so long um, as imports that we knew kind of going in, there's a leadership role, whether it be um, just leading by example or like go, like going first in drills simply because... We've been playing for so much longer um, but so far so far so good
0: um, you probably didn't expect the almost semi coaching role uh, because it's it's almost a, a semi coaching role it is when you're placed into that position that you don't expect to be placed in
1: yep exactly it's, um, it's definitely a, been a learning curve for for us as imports as well um, some sort like different game strategies. Um, that we've seen over the years. Maybe other people haven't even seen yet. So it's
0: been interesting. Interesting. All right. What about uh, uh, going into some of the individuals in this
2: siren side? Tina Girdler, Sarah Doromaki in goal. Um, One one in particular we are good friends with here on the bench in Miss Chloe Walker.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll come to Chloe in a moment. But firstly, from the back, uh, you look at... Tina Gurdler, Sarah Dora Markey. Uh, the percentage that Tina Gurdler's putting out is nothing short of remarkable at this level of the of competition, isn't it? How yeah. imp- how important is, have they been to be that rock-solid last line at the back? Yeah,
1: they've been huge. And, I mean, it might sound cliche, but, like, defense wins, wins championships. So, um, starting from the back and working our way up, always...
0: Don't say that to them too loud. They'll, you know, <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> the,
0: the ego's about expand. Exactly, but uh, you know, at the other end of the uh, of the rink, you know, you're still uh, doing the business as the leading goal scorer in the competition. And case in point was the second game of the of the crunch doubleheader against Adelaide. Firstly, what was the build up going into that? Given that a lot of people were thinking, okay, here are the two standout sides. This is going to be the uh, uh, the dress rehearsal for the big dance at the end of the season. What was the build-up like?
1: Um, it was fun. I mean, a good, a good like rivalry and competition is always really fun. I mean, we both were going in undefeated, so we both kind of had something to lose. Um, but in the end, like it was a really well-fought weekend. I mean, it was physical, and there were like there were good. It was a good hockey weekend. Um, came out of that weekend. Feeling good. as a team as individuals
0: yeah but individually you didn't do too badly you you, you weren't too shabby yourself in game 2 in that uh, split weekend two goals two assists a goal in the shootout um uh, if anything um you would have said to yourself hey you know it's, this trip has been all worthwhile well just for that game alone wouldn't it <laughs> but that was fun. it was a fun
1: game we definitely had some um Want
0: to redeem ourselves from the day before also. So that was a fun game. Tash Farrier, tough opponent, plays for Adelaide. Um, y- you as a squad had the task of trying to keep her quiet uh, in that doubleheader weekend. You sort of did so. Um, what did you get out of trying to shut someone like Tash Farrier down? Um, again, just like
1: teamwork, knowing... Knowing who's on the ice against you, knowing who's on the ice um, for you, and, and how to shut them down. Again, defense is huge. Um, just keeping them to the outside and knowing who had the puck, I think. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job, if I can recall correctly, uh, keeping her quiet that weekend.
0: Yeah. But then we come to last weekend and the matches against the Melbourne Ice. Was it a letdown factor, a bit of a mental letdown from the build-up to that Adelaide weekend, and then you come to the Melbourne Ice where you, you know, no disrespect to the Ice, but you are probably expected to win both games, but you ended up having to split the weekend, take a shootout win, and a regulation loss. Uh, Where was the indifference in that performance, you think? We had the three last
1: weekends. We had um, tough competition. Like, we played Melbourne... Then we played Adelaide. Then we played Melbourne again, um, and we—I don't know if it was kind of a mental lapse or, or what have you—but uh, we we did get into some penalty trouble in the first game, and 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 then managed to squeak by with a with a shootout win. But um, yeah, the second game definitely we can learn from from what happened. It's not like didn't make or break the season. Um. It'll be a learning, a learning curve for us going into
0: the second half. Exactly. I mean, because at the start of the season, if someone walked up to you in the squad and said, OK, guys, you'll be sitting second on the ladder going into the Christmas, New Year break, uh, only needing to score one more regulation win to l- nail down a top-two finish, you would have taken that. You would have said, OK, where do we sign? Yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. All right, Um Couple of weeks off. What do you do in the couple of weeks off? Okay, plenty of downtime to experience the differences of an Australian Christmas compared to what you're used to back home. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how how mind blowing is it going to be to actually say go to the beach, for instance, on Christmas Day? Do the quintessential touristy thing and go to the beach on Christmas Day, for instance? Yeah, it's
1: going to be different for sure. Um, I'm always
2: I always love a white Christmas at home, so it's it's definitely going to be different. Yeah, well, it'll be
0: a sandman instead of a snowman. A sandman <laughs> instead of a snowman. Yeah, exactly. That's there's well, you know, nothing wrong with that. That's that's how the locals do it here. What about the time between now and your next match uh, against Brisbane, weekend of January 11 and 12? Um, there's still a few weeks uh, of downtime there. Uh, when do you come back to training, for instance?
1: Um, so while we're off training, um, just having, staying in the gym, kind of working out off ice, our next practice is, uh, night, so just before that weekend, um, and it'll just be coming back fresh, and I think it'll be good for the whole team, we'll all be ready to come back and, and be better
0: by then, so, Do you you guys come? Do you go completely cold turkey and don't put the skates on at all over the next couple of weeks? Or do you sort of like put them on once in a while over the next couple of weeks, a day here, a day there, just to just to stay sharp?
1: Um, we'll see. I if it's over a Christmas break, I may skate a couple times, a few times. I don't I don't always necessarily bring my, my gear home. Um, but this year, if there's an opportunity to skate, I probably will take it.
0: Um, But it's not going to kill you if you don't.
1: No, no, no. It's always a good break, um, especially in the middle of a season, to just kind of take a break from it, and then you're ready to come back and you're fresh and um, you're ready to come back so much more.
0: Absolutely. All right. How important is it to get that win in Brisbane first up, get the home ice, uh, or at least get the top two um, tucked away in the back pocket, and then you can concentrate on trying to get home ice for that first finals game. That's so important, isn't it? Yes, for sure, for sure. Indeed. All right. Um, One one last thing. You haven't sorted out actual Christmas Day and and New Year's Day yet. You're probably just going to take it as it comes and see which way uh, the wind blows. Exactly. Hoping it's sunny. Indeed. All right, well... I don't think there's too much doubt about that there's no rain in the forecast for (laughs) at least at least another three or four weeks at least probably sometime um in in january from what i'm hearing in the long range forecast yes there's talk of some showers next week but you know what they probably won't be too much at all all right nadine thank you so much thank you for having me for for your time that wasn't too hard was it i didn't bite uh, it it was it wasn't too bad at all okay all right well look just a reminder uh, play resumes in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League the weekend of January 11 and 12. The Sirens are sitting uh, up there in second spot, uh, even though they split their matches against the Melbourne Ice last weekend to perhaps lose the opportunity to go top spot heading into Christmas New Year. They're sitting very snug with Adelaide going into that Christmas New Year break. And when play resumes in the New Year, you can also you can always catch up uh, on the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League either at www.awi. H-L-L-I-V-E, that's A-W-I-H-L-Live.com. or type it into Google or type it into Facebook, Australian Women's Ice Hockey League, and you can get the links to all the streaming of all those matches. Thank you so much, Nadine. Enjoy your first Christmas down under, away from home. It's got to be something different, something you can tell family about and friends about for years to come that, hey, you know, whilst you were freezing the you-know-what's off in Mississauga. It was 35 degrees and I was getting a suntan on the beach in Sydney, Australia, over the <laughs> Christmas New Year period and, exactly. enjoying long, and enjoying long summer nights. Enjoy your Christmas. Uh, don't go too much into the Christmas turkey and we'll speak to you in the new year. Thank you, yes. Merry Christmas. Nadine Edney from the uh, Sydney Sirens sitting nicely in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. It's- <laughs> Ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show. Your new fix of Friday night sport. Welcome to the bench. Well, it's coming up to three minutes to seven. Well, it's time to get back to uh, some local sport. And it doesn't get any tougher for the Northern District Rangers than the assignment they have uh, on the last playing day of the calendar year, tomorrow before Christmas. Uh, They'll be earning their Christmas pudding just quietly uh, Mm. when they take on The might of Sydney University tomorrow, it's pretty... They didn't have a good day, let's just say, last Saturday. Started off well, took three early wickets, but then the class of Liam Robertson and uh, Tim Cummins came to the fore. 283-run partnership allowed Robertson the luxury of a declaration very late in the day at nine for 400 in first grade. And, well, the less said about the three overs before stumps, the better. Ben Davis... Uh, the skipper, the stand-in skipper, uh, had to come in right at the end. Two for three they start tomorrow. A disastrous three overs before stumps. And before he steps out on that Mission Impossible tomorrow, it's either 96 overs or 398 runs to pull off a Herculean win. I've got Ben Davis back on the line. Good evening to you, Ben.
3: How you going, Ben
0: Very well. Well, don't want to probably perhaps dwell on it too much, but last Saturday... Um, what went wrong? Is it a very good batting wicket? You had two batsmen that got set, and uh, they really punished you in that last session.
3: Yeah, mate, it, 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 does it doesn't look does look great, obviously, chasing 400. I think losing the two early wickets makes it look even worse. But, you know, if you look at the second-grade score there the week before, we got 420-odds, and um, they nearly chased them down. And then the game before that, Scott um, and I managed to have that 260-run partnership, and we, we had a big score there. So there's the outfield's very quick. Uh, w- wicket's very flat, so I don't think um, you know. I'd probably normally like chasing a 330 tour, I think so that's still a total, but you know, if we get two buttons set, still I wouldn't ride it off just yet.
0: No, absolutely not. And that's going to be the thing. Um, two things that are in your favour. Firstly, this very flat batting wicket, like a lot of the wickets that have been produced so far in Great this season, given the dryness of the weather and the fact there's no rain at all. Um, and the you know with lots of runs already being scored, over 800 runs were scored on this pretty much same wicket square in second grade uh, in the previous round, and the fact that Sydney University are going to have to toil in nearly 40 degree heat tomorrow, given the forecast.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a big one. I think we're gonna over spoken about already at the group that we, the first hour is probably crucial for us. If we can get through that with you know potentially only losing one more wicket, then we're right in the Um Get those bowlers. You know they've got good bowlers. First or up front, if we can get through them and get them into their second and third spell, especially in that heat, well, that's going to be the turning point and maybe the difference later in the day.
0: Indeed, because that was the difference last Saturday, wasn't it? After tea, tired bowlers, tired fieldsmen and runs started to flow. If you can get to that tea break, three or four wickets down. Look, the fact that you sent Ross Pawson in as the night watchman and this time he failed, um, you've still got a lot of batting to come. Yourself there, Scott Rodgey. David Ball with his experience, John Wheeling, Will Buttleman uh, can all handle the blade. Tom Felton's no mug with the bat, and then you've got this youngster Corey Miller. What a baptism of fire for him! He got through last uh, Saturday, but this could be the making of him tomorrow.
3: No, really, really impressive young player, Corey. He's come, he's come through. only played Greenfield last year. He played business doubles under seventeen and he's your old fashioned typical opener. Like he, he leaves the ball very well. Uh, he's, a, he's a longer form out of the game player. for him to walk out in that condition. And he faced the majority of the balls as well and, and didn't look out of place one little bit. He, he probably did it better than anyone else. So really impressive. And hopefully it's just a good experience for him. He don't, he's going to be a good tricker in the future. We know that. So the more he learns in these things, the better.
0: Well, this is the best way to learn. Sometimes you chuck him in the deep end and sink or swim. That's the way that the Sydney Grade Competition is going. More emphasis on youngsters. Some people have been vocal in their opposition to that uh, uh, that theory and uh, that uh, direction from higher levels of administration than just Northern District. But it's something that's worked for the Rangers because you've produced a heck of a lot of kids, starting with that, you mentioned, A.W. Green Shield. The, the Rangers are the A.W. Green Shield champions and Corey Miller came out of that unbeaten a winning side last summer.
3: He did. And, and listen, there's always a it is that bit of conjecture around whether you play the players too young. And we were very conscious of that with Corey this year. And, but the fact he's gone 200 in in, basically, you know, in three games, down to 40 in, in that, it's um, anyone else at that level of making those runs, you pick them, right? So we're sort of picking him in form and, and he certainly looks like that. And I, I don't think it's going to do him any harm.
0: What about Scott Rodgey? Um How important is he and yourself for that matter um, as the experienced hardheads in this top order tomorrow?
3: Yeah, it'd really be great to have one of us in in, in that middle after lunch period. I think if um, one of us is, is still in in that period, then we're right in with a shot. It's, it's very, that's probably the best time to bat. If Mind you, we've still got uh, Will Butterman who's coming off 100 last week as well. John Wheeling comes back. He hasn't been his first game with us this year because he's been in England. So he brings a lot of experience. I just think if we can have two bats in set, in that middle period, then we're a good chance. It's very hard to defend out there um, and it would get that become very flat. And like you said, it's going to be 40-something degrees tomorrow, so wouldn't want to be bowling if, if the batsmen get that in that condition.
0: The X factor could be um, the smoke, given that uh, uh, umpires have been given the licence from Cricket New South Wales to pull players from the field. We've already seen that happen on successive weekends out at Campbelltown. Um, it affected the Uh, the Northern District Lady Rangers last weekend where they were on their way to victory when uh, they got smoked out at uh, Ray B. Oval. And given the close proximity of the Gospers Mountain fires, only 50, 60 kilometres away as the crow flies from Mark Taylor Oval, you want to hope that the wind blows the right way and blows the smoke away from Mark Taylor Oval, don't you?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think that's the thing. We all know it's going to be hot and we've all played in hot conditions before and, and we know how to handle that, but... If it's hot and really smoky, I suppose that becomes a bit of a health concern for you know fast bowlers running in and, and you've got to breathe through that. And even batsmen running between the wickets. And they've brought in a new rule this year where you've, you've got to wear a helmet if the bowler's is not a spin bowler. So you know if it's smoky and really hot, that's probably the one area of concern. Tomorrow, I would say more than the heat.
0: Indeed. Well, watch this space. There, the Sydney University attack is the other the other concern. Kershaw has been taking wickets for fun for the last few years, and he got the two wickets late last Saturday. He's going to be the man you have to negotiate uh, around with the new, with still a relatively new ball. It's only three overs old uh, when you start the 96 tomorrow.
3: Yeah, he's key. I think he, he looks he looks like a really good bowler. I, I haven't personally played him much, so I'm really looking forward to um, getting out there and facing him early tomorrow. But like I said, if we can get through that first hour, Kershaw could be the key for them if he gets another two or three quick ones, or if we can get through him, then I think we're in. You know, that that's a major part of his game tomorrow.
0: Indeed. All right. Uh, quickly, your thoughts on uh, some of the other games. I know that in the other grades, NDS have their struggles. Second grade is struggling at University Aval Number one, they got bowled out for 150, and uh, University started one for 42. Couple of interesting run chases lower down. Um, third grade did well to bowl Sydney Uni out for 265. Fourth grade on the back of uh, Warren Saldana's 64. Uh, made 8 for 293 in their match at St Paul's Oval, the number 2 oval at university. And 5th uh, grade uh, are struggling at Story Park. They start at 1 for 14, chasing 308. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's in uni that, you know, they're renowned to be a very good club throughout the grade. So, you know, we're, we're still in it in those games. It's. Um... It's going to be tough in all of them. As we you know, sitting here always a good field. But second grade, they're doing a little bit tough. But they did that out. It was very slow and they bowled very well. So they need a few little wickets. Um, in fourth grade, it was great to see Wadz. He's, he's new to the club this year get some runs there to get them up on the total. So, now we're in the, we're in the matches. It's going to be a hard-for-win. And we've all got our Indies Christmas party uh, tomorrow night. So hopefully well, the boys get some wins. And, that,
0: can and that's going to be the other thing. The Christmas party takes place straight after Stumps in Potts Point tomorrow night, yeah. so that could be a very interesting Saturday night for one of the better two.
3: Well, hopefully a lot of the boys are struggling, because that means they've been out in the heat, doing well all day, so um, yeah, for some reason we're at Potts Point, not really local to, to us, but it should be good for the boys to get out and hopefully celebrate a few wins and go into Christmas in a good, good place.
0: Indeed. Alright, very briefly your thoughts on the other games in first grade. They're all very interesting. Now, Ray B. Oval, they managed to get a full play in last Saturday, mm. but Um, real question marks about what goes on out there tomorrow given how close they are to the Wallandilly Shire bushfires which have ripped through Bargo and uh, uh, bearing down on places like Thurlmere and Tarmore which aren't too far from Campbelltown. Campbelltown were bowled out for 204. Sydney Tigers, one for 25. The money man, Nick Bills, did it again, five for 58 but the smoke may have the final say
2: there.
3: Yeah, it's really really that's gonna be the big part. I think if the smoke stays away, Sydney should win that pretty comfortably. Phil has been taken with it for fun. I don't know how many fire he he's got now, so he's only getting better with age by the sound of it. But I can't see them losing to town the smoke being the only factor. Um which hope it stays away but you know, we've got to feel full of those people fighting fires and, and losing their own.
2: And and firefighters losing lives too that we found out sure. last night as well. Yeah. Now, also, but in that game also you've got two of the best first panel umpires. And Dave Rodgey and Simon Lightbody coming in for the second day after Andrew Hamilton got called up to a higher commitment. They're also – Simon's also local, so he knows the Campbelltown, Camden area really well. And he'll know the, which way the And wind, he knows exactly blows, how yeah. it's going to blow. And yeah, perfect. You'll almost see um, – David will almost lean on Simon to get his experience for the area. But, like, I was out there last Sunday, Ben Umpiring in Telegraph Shield, and, yeah – it was terrible. Well, the, we were at Bradbury Oval. So we're only like 10 Ks from Raby. And they called the girls off after about 15, 20 overs. But we still managed to play. But, yeah, it's not the best thing when, you have, when you've when you got breathing difficulties as a player to try and breathe that smoking. Not good well, that's, the,
3: that's the biggest thing is safety-wise for the players. I mean, it's, it's, at the end of the day, we're playing a game of cricket. There's a lot more serious stuff going on out there than that at the moment.
2: Absolutely. At
0: Rosedale... Uh, well, Tom Jaggett, you know, North Sydney, people have been waiting for them to drop off. They thought no cross weights, no Norths. Well, Tom Jaggett got his first century for the season last week. He made 156 and North Sydney bowled out right on stumps for 325. You'd think that's probably enough, although Param Upal and uh, uh, a couple of others in that Fairfield top order may have something to say.
3: Yeah, I, I still. Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I thought North would, would not go this well as, as well as they are anyway. But they've still got some very good players, and that Daggett's no exception. He got a good hundred against us last year. A 325 against Fairfield, who have been struggling a little bit. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind Fairfield doing a bit of an upset for our our sort of season this week, but I, I can't see them losing it. But...
0: Now, exactly, exactly. Now, um, the other match that will be affected, unfortunately, by the fires and the smoke if the wind blows the wrong way is at the farm at Owen Earl Oval, unfortunately, um, which will be a shame for Hawks, but because they put. Uh, Manly to the sword last Saturday and making six for three hundred and sixty-three. A manly side that don't have the Edwards brothers, that don't have Jay Lenton, uh, that don't have a number of their big guns. Scott Baldwin run out late in the day for ninety-nine after Rada Christian made ninety-five. But given the proximity of the fires at Bilpin to Owen Earl again, if the smoke blows in, that could be curtains out there.
3: Yeah, it could be. I think. I think if the smoke stays away, you know. Oh, no, the farm, as you call it. It's probably one of the better batting tracks around at the moment. It's a really, really good flat wicket. So, as you said, Manly's losing a few players, and, and they haven't had to the greatest season so far, so their confidence will be down anyway. Um, it, it, you know, it could be a tight game. back all to but like you said, Bilpin's not far away from there at all.
0: Stiff task for Mossman at Old Kings after Tim Ward and Nick Burtis uh, did their thing last Saturday for Parramatta, scoring two for 409 in just 82 overs. Nick Burtis... Big 100 for him, 166 not. Tim Ward made 150. Massive partnership of 292 for the second wicket. Mossman faced 12 overs before stumps. They start at none for 31. Yeah, I think he can. Mossman's
3: probably not in a... They get Lockie Hernbach. he has been away for the... They certainly do. He will
0: bat tomorrow, and he will bat in that uh, number four position. He'll be keen.
3: I think they'll rely on him a lot, yeah. We, we played Boston last week and they seem a little bit down on confidence. You know, they haven't had the greatest start of the year. Um, I can't see Parramatta losing from, from there, but it's obviously a very good batting track at Parramatta as well. So it might be a few draws around this weekend, which could be the end.
0: One match that won't be a draw will be the match at Howell Oval because Penrith have already got first innings points mm. in the bag. Blacktown with only 10 players on each of the two days, was a problem for them. It was an even bigger problem when they were rock and rolled for 83. Penrith got the first innings points and sent Penr- and sent Black back Blacktown back into bat uh, for a session and a half late in the day. And Blacktown start at three for 85. They've only got a lead of, of just on 60. And again, with only 10 players, Penrith only have to get six more wickets. Again, the smoke could be the one thing that stops the Panthers.
3: Yeah, I can't see Penrith uh, not getting an outright win there. Um, I, I didn't. I was unaware there's ten players. Did someone get injured? Or
0: no, they only named ten for each weekend. Um, Hara, who batted on day one, is not available tomorrow, um, and uh, Hunar Verma was not available on day one. He comes in tomorrow. Oh,
3: that's interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't see Penrith uh, not getting an outright win there.
2: Unfortunately, that is, seems uh, really weird for me. Looking at it from an umpire's point of view, why? A first grade Premier cricket team is playing short.
3: I've, yeah, I've never heard of that.
2: rule. Usually, the rule is you're, meant, you're always meant to name at least an 11, possibly 12. They named an yeah.
0: 11, but the problem is in that 11, um, one player was unavailable on week one, and which was uh, Verma. Yeah, but
2: then you pull and then, up, you drag someone from second or third grade mm, up. Clearly, you should bl- always, you should always mm. have 11. For your, your first-grade first side. 100%. But it's clearly, it's not a good, look for, not a good look for
0: the competition at all. But Gurinderjit Hara was the player who batted on day one. Uh, he made 13 in that uh, debacle, uh, but he's not available tomorrow. Um, uh, so, Huna Verma, who was unavailable on day one, comes in. Uh, so, it's only 10 batsmen both days, uh, which means Penrith only have to take the nine wickets, which, yes, it's not a good look in first grade, you would have thought if they're going to be players short across a club, you work from the bottom up, yeah. not the top down. Correct. But yeah, it's any... pretty
3: ordinary, I think, that one. From, from down,
0: unfortunately. Indeed. Um, interesting match at Coogee. The uh, the local derby, no love lost here. Interesting day one. The Englishman, Bell Drummond, got a century for the Randy Peets, but they were restricted to six for 292 off their 96. They may bat on a little bit going into tomorrow.
3: Yeah, they may do it, especially especially with the heat around. Get uh, eastern suburbs starting starting when it's hot, but i still a bit total down there. And, and East have been fine; they've been going really well. Had a bit of a hiccup last week, so you know, the East probably weren't expected to be where they are on the table at the moment. And they so, do
0: have Peter Neville playing as a batsman tomorrow.
3: Correct, correct. That's good. he's obviously very handy for losing. So good game. they both 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 clubs going very well this season, but um, it's a big one. I would wouldn't mind a draw there as well.
2: And you've, also, you've also got to think about it from a Randy Pete's point of view. They've they got to back up again on Sunday at Koji for their Kings T Twenty semi final. Absolutely, they don't want to be cooking their players. Pardon the pun with the heat tomorrow, so that their performance is affected on Saturday. We've got, to remember, they, set, we've got to remember they don't have
0: Daniel Sams, who's been a big exactly. key in their in their T Twenty setup at Hurstville Oval on the bike track. Uh, St. George bowled out for 309 on day one. This no-name, no-frills St. George side that don't have Henriques, that don't have Copeland due to his various luggage commitments and television commitments. Uh, (laughs) Curtis Patterson still out injured. No sign of him coming back anytime soon. Matt Hopkins got a very nice 106 last week. Nick Stapleton has stepped up with 69. Charlie Stobo got a bag of wickets, as did Scott O'Brien. This is another even contest on that small Hurstville Oval ground.
3: Yeah, it's that's right in the balance there. It's 300. It's pretty. It's, you know, Gordon have got a two good batsman up at top of that. Cahill has made a couple of centuries recently as well. So it's, uh, it's probably again in the first first hour, or first session, probably going to win that game.
0: Western suburbs. Josh Clark, Nick Cutler did the business for them down at Sutherland Oval last week. They put on that massive 252-run partnership. It was the basis of their six for 351. Josh Clark, a big 176. Nick Cutler, 111. But uh, Sutherland, they saw out the four overs they had to see out last week and they started none for eight. It's
3: a big, big, uh, big total for Western Southerners. have been struggling this year. Josh Clark, I, I think he's a very, very good picker. So I was not surprised when you see his name come up with big scores. Um, sort of that's his first big one for West, I think. So It's good to see that. Sutherland... They haven't been probably going as well as we all thought they would this year as well. So I do
0: think West might get home there. And uh, the last match of the round at David Phillips South, the one with the picket fence being built up around there now that uh, uh, the Village Green has lost to various other activities. Uh, Bankstown, this is how well they've been going. They were down at one stage. They were in trouble at 5 for 163, but the tail wagged. They got to nine for 3.52 and they nabbed the late wicket uh, before stumps to have the Bumblebees at one for four.
3: Yeah, I think Bankstown are a sure thing there. Union South Wales have been really struggling this year with um, their personnel and Thanksgiving are in a bit of a purple but so We played them in the 2020 where they absolutely destroyed us a couple of weeks ago and they got a lot of confidence building with that group. I, I think they're one to watch in the competition.
0: Absolutely, even though they don't have McAndrew who's off with the Thunder. Now, uh, speaking of the 2020... The two conference finals, unfortunately, no Northern District would have been nice to have been there, but they're not there uh, this weekend. Um, Your thoughts very briefly on those two conference finals. Firstly, Bankstown versus Hawkesbury at Bankstown Oval. Even though they don't have McAndrew, they've got to Nick Carruthers in the form of his life, and Mark Stoneman is overdue for a big score. Hawkesbury have done well to make this final, but you guys beat them off the last ball at, at the farm in the preliminary rounds uh, you'd probably tip Bankstown to win this one.
3: I would, especially at home. I mean, that Nick for others, that didn't think he played against us in the semi-final was uh, something special to me. It was just some really good hitting. So, I think, he's, like you said, he's in the form of his life. Um, they play really well at that ground. They know how to win there. Um we rely massively on a couple of players. They've got some good batting on it, but um, obviously Peter Forrest. Um, they've had a you few know, other guys, but that's McCow. Well, he's done really well as well. So, I think, you know... 2020, anything can happen, but uh, I think that's going
0: to win that one. The, the broadcast game we'll be doing on Triple H on Sunday, therefore will be the Sydney Sixers Conference Final down at the Great Salt Lake of Sydney, as I call it, Coogee Oval. And I think this is an intriguing contest. Randwick Petersham versus the Sydney Tigers. No Daniel Sams, who was a real driving force behind the Randy Pete's unbeaten run. Uh, not taking anything away from the older Sams and Adam Semple and a couple of others, uh, and Bell Drummond, who's going to be key, but we all know how well the Sydney Tigers played this format of the game. They don't have Ben Menenti, sure, but they've got the money man Nick Bills. Dan Smith may be back in the lineup. We all know what he brings to the table. When they met in the qualifying rounds, it was a tight contest. Uh, Randy Peets only won by a dozen or so runs. This could be a tight finish.
3: Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with Sydney at this one. Randwick team are really good, but like that Sam's a very good cricketer, especially at you know club level. I think uh, they're going to really hurt losing him. And Sydney have got that; it's a good, solid team across the park. And they've got a lot of people that can, you know, match winners, and, and they know the shorter format very well. So, I'm a betty man. of your own Sydney, but uh, I think it's going to be a great game.
0: It will be. I'm looking forward to getting out there and calling that two o'clock on Sunday here on Triple H, the Sydney Sixers Conference Final, and we will be calling the Grand Final. Whoever plays and wherever it's played, whether it's North Sydney Oval or or Hurstville or Blacktown International Sports Park, wherever they decide to stick it on Sunday, January 12th. Good luck tomorrow, Ben. A big day ahead. It'll be a a rousing way to go into the Christmas, New Year break by either seeing out the day or even pulling the run uh, chase off of 400 plus. It's been done earlier this season elsewhere. Uh, Sydney Tigers chased down 460 at Manly Oval mm. a month or so ago, so it can be done. Someone has to score some hundreds. Hopefully, you'll be one of those men tomorrow. Many, many thanks to you, to Nathan Smith, who's still out injured, by the way, um, and uh, all of the the rangers for your help in at short notice at times to come on and uh, give us an insight into Sydney Grade cricket every week uh, during this first half of the season. Have a great Christmas. Stay safe and we'll speak to you in the new year.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next year about the wind chasing 400, I hope. that be good.
0: It would be nice. Ben Davis from the Northern District Rangers. Get ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show, your new fix of Friday night sport.
4: Welcome to the bench. We're
0: coming up to 25 and a half minutes past seven. Time to talk. A lot of things women's sport now. We've already had a good chat with Nadine Edney from the Sydney Sirens, but the time to talk to our regular women's sports expert, to talk all things women's cricket and women's football. Not in the studio tonight. We might see her next week, but she's uh, out on the road this evening. Zoe Benjamin, (laughs) good evening to you. Good evening.
4: Tony, good evening, everyone. Yeah, sorry I couldn't come in
0: today, but uh, nonetheless, here on the phone. Indeed. You know, good to hear. Good to hear. Well, look, let's get stuck straight down to business. Um, the Australia A versus India A series. Um, I remember we shared a couple of text messages last weekend and yeah. when Erin Burns rubbed our faces in it, and good honor for doing so. We mm. called her out, and she responded beautifully with a magnificent, uh, smashing century. Uh, 107 off 59 balls. It doesn't get much better than that. Georgia Redmayne at the other end got a century in game two of the one-dayers, the three one-dayers, and they won fairly comfortably. And then on Monday in the decider, Molly Strano, after taking all the wickets with the ball, had to come out and make 22 not out with the bat, and Aaron Burns was there, 53 not out at the end as Australia chased down a moderate 179 for Australia A to win that series. Uh, two one, and then we come to the T20s yesterday, and uh, there were the two changes that came in, and one of them, Elise Villani, the Enigma's Enigma, uh, showed what we all know she's capable of, that we just haven't seen enough of it. Um, great effort with Australia A in the in the field; they restricted India A to a very moderate 117. And then Sammy Joe Johnson and Elise went cra- Villani went crash, bang, wallop, and it was all over.
4: Yeah, definitely. And as she said, as she can do, and as she has done in the past, but perhaps quite not as consistently as we all would have loved to see from her. I have loved Molly Strano's stuff. She's taken multiple wickets in all of these games and have absolutely loved her performance. So, really good on her. Um, and the way that she's gone about her business, um, Annabelle Stubbs took some wickets. I believe in was it one of the Twenty Twenty? It was in
0: the it was in the it was in the first T Twenty. She got three wickets, and uh, well, given that she hasn't made runs with the bat, and there's yeah. a certain and there's a certain individual that has uh, been uh, who must do very well on mixing the lime cordial and the Gatorade, who yeah. hasn't who hasn't seen uh, any play yet at all. In fact. Phoebe Litchfield is the well. Phoebe Litchfield is the only player out of the players selected uh, that is that has not played yet. Maitland Brown played the first two game, the first two one days. Then was left out for game three. Even Talia Wilson got to go in, even though it wasn't much of a look in in the second and third one one-dayers. She didn't bat in game two, batted at seven and made a duck in game three, and then was yep. not selected for the t 20s Phoebe Litchfield is just there. Look, I get. On the one hand, they're saying, "Okay, just bring her on for the experience of playing in the Australian setup." But why pick her if you're not going to play her? I mean,
4: it's, it's it's almost like they've picked her and gone, "Yes, you're good enough, but we don't want to rush you." And it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to to tell a player because yes, of course, anyone's going to love that experience, as you said. But players want to play. It's as simple as that. And you would think that she showed enough in the women's BBL to get, you know, just a little look in. But, you know, her time will come, and it will come because she's good enough and will be there when it, when it, when that opportunity arises for her.
0: Well, look, India are more than happy to play 15-year-old Shafali Verma. Yes,
4: she's she's yes, opened girl.
0: in every game. She's made a, magn- a, a brilliant century in game one of the one-dayers. They may have worked her out and... Uh, uh, Annabelle Sutherland got her in the first of the T20s, but she started off with hitting her first two balls for four. India are more than happy to play her at 15 and a half years of age, or nearly 16. Uh, they yeah. run by the theory that if you're, you're good enough, you're old enough. So, well, I'll be... She made another
4: 47 as well, so she backed it up as well. She, I think she did get a duck in
0: one... In the third in the third one, day, and then she made 11 in the first T20. But India yeah. are happy enough to play her, Australian
2: not wanting to play Phoebe Litchfield. I don't get it. Can you I imagine think, Phoebe think, Phoebe be happy because you don't look at it this way. She's getting paid to be with that Australian side. May not bowl a ball in anger or, or face a ball, or in, face a ball and, in anger, but she's still getting paid yeah, as part of an Australian age side. Yeah. Experience I feel, for I feel it. like a young 15 or 16-year-old girl is
4: not thinking about that, though. I think that's a, Correct. That's a bonus, but I think... At that age, your priority is I want to play. Like that's that's why you start cricket. It's not it's not about that, especially at that age. Um, yeah, that, exactly. It's, like that. it's a nice Christmas cool.
0: present. Some spending money at I don't know wherever you spend your money at Christmas, but it's, <laughs> it's not what you play the game for. Not at sixteen. And no. given that it appears that this is the, the Australia A setup is going to be is stuck rigidly with this top order of Volani McGrath, Burns, Patterson, Heather Graham. Annabelle Sutherland, Josie Dooley's coming as keeper, Sammy Joe Johnson's the pinch hitter. It looks like they're gonna stick to that all the way through the series. I just hope that they if they win tomorrow, the second T twenty is tomorrow, the game the third and final game is on Monday on the Gold Coast. I just I just hope that they that Australia it, I can see what's gonna happen though. If Australia win tomorrow, they win the series then they'll play Phoebe Litchfield on Monday just as a token. If India come out and win game two tomorrow, then forget about Phoebe Litchfield playing in a decider.
4: Honestly, I would have loved to see her play in one of the one days. I mean, that's where she has scored her runs and shined in first grade cricket was not so much the 20 plays, but more the one days. So I would have really enjoyed to see her in that format. But I suppose any opportunity that she can get her hands on, if that's Comes about well, she's just got
0: to take it by the by the front of the neck if she gets that chance, as Aaron Burns has done. Remember, she wasn't even picked in the one-day squad. <laughs> she was only named in the t Twenty squad. She only came into the one-day side when Rachel Treneman pulled out with her mental health issues. And yeah. she's made every she failed in game one. Obviously, must have got a tip or something, or had someone well, had, had a word to her. To us.
2: Sorry,
4: because uh, I, said must have been listening to us because she shut us right up, didn't
2: she? Oh yeah, she yeah. She fired up the day after the you time. had a go at her.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> well, in the, well, in the end, she had a disappointing BBL, as mm. did Ash Gardner. Um, she was relied upon to score some of the runs if Perry and Healy had failed. She didn't. She only scored fifteen off twelve. Clearly, she's gone out with a relaxed frame of mind, and seed ball, hit ball, and. She's turned the corner now. We all know how good she can be. And she's now right in the next line of batters for that Australian T20 World Cup squad as a result. That's the typical taking the most of your opportunity. Absolutely.
4: She did what she had to do in four runs and points to her for doing that. She's put herself right back in the mix because if she hadn't have scored any runs, you basically... She was definitely a player that you thought was going to drop out since she had only just started to make her mark on that Australian side. So really, really well done on her part. And good to see her turn around like that. Like, after what, as you said, a disappointing WBBL season, would have been very easy for her to kind of shut up shop in this tournament and kind of be looking to work her way back into some form. But she just shined in the end.
0: What about Elise Villani? I mean, as I said, the enigma's enigma. We all know what she can do. Sometimes I think she gets distracted a bit too easily off the field. There have been some issues, I know, some well-documented issues off the field, but um, she's now the other side of 30. So time is ticking uh, on her possible return to this Australian side, and there don't seem to be too many gaps in this Australian top order.
4: No, well, there's lots of fresh talent coming through, which is a bit of a worry for Villani. Look, personally, I love Elise Villani as a cricketer. I love what she's about. I love her effort. Yes, she can be rocks and diamonds, but when she does get the job done, she does it well, doesn't she? And she's enjoyable to watch. It's just a matter of whether she can find that consistency in her game. And that's always going to struggle when you do have, as you mentioned, a few distractions. Off the field, and you know other things that you need to prioritise. But I suppose for her coming to the end of her career, it would be really nice to see her kind of put put a put a bit more time and priority on her cricket and finish really strong. Because you want she's someone you want to see retire with like with with a bit more glory. I think. think And
0: someone that someone that someone who has realised. The potential that she's always shown. Anyway, go out, go out with a bang, not a whimper. Correct.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's going to be on her in these uh, second and third T20s tomorrow and Monday. All right, a bit closer to home now. Um, another very interesting weekend. Last weekend we mentioned the smoke, and yeah. the Northern District Rangers uh, ended up being smoked off at yeah. Raby. Um, Lauren Smith made a superb century. Alicia Bates got a fifty, but. The smoke came in. You were out there, Shane. You were mm. saying not far away,
2: and both umpires called the game off at the innings break. Yeah, well, from an umpire's point of view, they use a an app from the Australian Agricultural Society. a A dangerous level is 150 microns per cubic meter. Per, cu- per cubic millimeter, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah? yeah. When they actually Milliliter? when they called it yeah. off. The reading was over 1,800.
0: Wow.
2: So that's yeah. 10 times, 10 and a half, yeah. 11
0: times the safe limit.
2: Yeah, so because I was at Bradbury Abel, so we are only talking literally, as a crow flies, maybe five, six kilometres. We kept going. We were lucky enough to get the breeze come through at just the right time to Blow the keep our away. game away. But, yeah, but Rabie, they called off very early and was able to actually speak to Lauren for a couple of minutes because they were coming past and they saw us and... So, how come you're still playing? I said, well, the rating isn't as bad here, but yeah, it was really bad. You could see it in the players' eyes. They're all real bright red. Yeah. Got that almost drunk look to the eyes, but that's more through the smoke irritation. So, well, that's a worry now for Raby, given how close
0: the Wallandilly uh, yeah. uh, Shire Fires are to Campbelltown. It's the second week in a row that ladies' matches have been called off. At at least last Sunday, they managed to get a start to some of the matches at Raby, but in the end, they didn't get any results. And, uh, you know, that's a real worry.
4: Well, with Saturday's weather as well, you worry that it might be a third week in a row if there's games at Raby. I'm not sure. I haven't checked the... Actually, I
0: don't think, there, them, there, I think. there are games. There aren't. There aren't. There are any games at Raby this uh, Sunday in no. the women's competition. Campbelltown actually have the
2: bye this round. Campbelltown so.
0: actually have the bye. They don't yeah. play. So yeah. it, they you might get away with it. Well, another interesting round, and again, lots and lots of wides. The umpires getting very strict on wide <laughs> calls
2: right across the board. What's do we that? do we go across to David Phillips first, or do we leave that to the end? Well, well
4: David <laughs> Phillips didn't have any wide lines.
2: Um, no, no, we're not talking about the whys. We're just talking about the result in general.
4: Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we leave that. Oh, leave maybe, that to last.
2: Me,
4: well,
0: we won't go into full details, but just basically a disappointing effort with the bat. Um, a lot of early wickets, um, and we're not going to go into what happened with your run out, but we'll leave that when I'm truly alone. Um, <laughs> All I can
2: say is catching... Um, Are
4: you sure? I mean, this is this is my perfect opportunity to finally throw someone under the bus. Yes, uh, do it. I, I feel like that a hundred percent is not my fault.
2: <laughs> was it? Was it Maddie? Or was it Bess? Or was it Bess?
4: No, uh, Bess was already out. I think Bess
0: maybe faced two balls and then got out. Oh no no no! Not according And Then she came in. Jeez.
2: Yeah, because of, because we're looking maybe at
0: the, it. Maybe the smoke came. Ac- maybe the smoke came across. She came in after you. It had to be Maddie's fault.
2: Because we're the way we're looking at it on the my cricket setup, it shows you opened up with Maddie and then best coming in at three. But yeah, obviously, yeah, the right. way that it actually happens is different to what's on Maddie. the sheet. Well, yeah,
4: no, but, no, 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 no. It was it was Maddie. Um, <laughs> he was you know what? I I love I love Maddie Dark, but. She put way too much pressure on herself because after that happened, I, I you know, that's tricky. It's going to happen, but she couldn't clear her head, and she managed to get herself out and worked up about it, which just, you know, was, was probably was the least of what we needed. So it was a
0: well. That was the well. That was the that was the beginning of a of four for twelve, and really, you were never in the hut after that, were you? Yeah.
4: Pretty much, I mean, it's hard to rebuild an in innings after that. Thankfully, we had Olivia Porter, who's in you know top-notch form mm. and showing a lot of patience with the bat, who managed to get us to a somewhat, you know, a total that was bigger than last week. But against the side that put up a much better fight, and our Achilles' heel of not being able to take wickets returned this week as well. So, yeah, it just it was not a it was. A Really disappointing.
0: And when moment. and when H Cheadle is out there making runs, by G, she yeah. lets you know all about it. And the veteran Charlotte Annafeld got runs as well. And even though you tied Saskia Hawley down, one fifty four was never quite enough.
4: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Heidi Cheadle and I I really love watching her bat because she she really you can tell she's really concentrating, and you can tell when she's out there that. That's all she's thinking about. She doesn't ever seem distracted, even though she seems relaxed. It's it's pure concentration, and she shows a lot of patience at the plate. And it's showing for her since she's scoring the run.
2: Well, you have to remember, we've also had Heidi on on the bench here a few times, and also on Splinters, talking about the women's cricket as well, and she comes across the same. She concentrates when she wants to talk, but she seems relaxed when she's able to respond to a question she's not oh um um um, it's thoughtful and elsewhere elsewhere very briefly we've got to get we we, we
0: are uh, we've got to get through some of this um the surprise for me last weekend was uh uh Parramatta thrashing Penrith Penrith bowled out for 109 Parramatta getting the runs one wicket down um Naomi Stalenberg failed and Sarah Ailey, like old woman River, old man River, just came out for, some, for, for Bankstown and uh, took a quiet four for 12 off eight and uh, ran right through St. George Southern to give Bankstown their first win.
4: Yeah, well, very happy for her as well because um, personally I felt like she had a little bit, as the Sixers did, as we talked about them being a bit, their stars being a little bit disappointing, um, Sarah Ailey and her experience, that was something that, you know, was a bit disappointing for me. But, of course, she makes her return, doesn't she? And she, she knows how to
0: come back to cricket. Well, that's going to be the problem for you this Sunday down at yeah. David Phillips South because universities have Bankstown in the last round before Christmas. Um, and at the moment, both sides playing ducks and jokes with their teams. No teams announced yet. Um, I presume you'll get your email, your usual Saturday morning email, and the team will be yeah. announced tomorrow. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I definitely don't have the team
0: list for you this time round. Um, probably like five, 5 o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow. afternoon. Yeah. Oh, it won't be that late. It'll be about 11 o'clock tomorrow morning is the normal time, I understand. But, um, uh, look, it's you need to get back on the horse fairly quickly here because you're now out at the 4 thanks to that loss last week. Yeah,
4: absolutely. But you know what? It is going to be another tough match. Um, as we said, Big Town coming off that win. Yeah. Um, and Ailey back in the side, the experience that she had, and us not playing very well. So it'll be another tough match, and I'm just hoping that we can show a bit more, Um, I'd like to say professionalism, just, just a bit more of a better attitude to the or, game.
0: Or at least a, a better, some better calling between the wickets, between the opening <laughs> pair, possibly.
4: I definitely love that, actually. That would be perfect for me.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Um... Now, at Mark Taylor-Oval, the unbeaten Northern District will probably feel they were robbed by the smoke last week. Um, they, they take on Parramatta. Um, Hayley Silver-Holmes bowling to, uh, to Lauren Smith will be uh, uh, something interesting to watch, to say the least. But the way this Northern District Lady Rangers top order are firing at the moment on a very flat Mark Taylor-Oval wicket, um, they've got to go in as favourites.
4: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, they still battered last week and look at the score they put up against Campbelltown. So um, even though Parra got that, that up... Well, what I would call an upset win against Penrith, you, you would think that Andy's are just too good, too strong at the moment.
0: The four teams that have named their sides are in the next two games. First, Firstly, um, at Howell Oval, and again, let's hope the smoke doesn't blow in that general direction. Um, Penrith take on the Sydney Tigers. Um, interestingly, uh, Naomi Stalenberg and Michaela Hinckley have been named for Penrith. Uh, Sydney have named a 12 that includes one Jay Gunn, if you don't mind. Yeah, just
4: a little inclusion for
0: them. A little inclusion, a certain former mm. English international, Jenny Gunn. Uh, quite handy, all rounder to have coming yeah, you in. Know.
4: Not bad, not bad. You know, I think I think they'll be quite happy with um, her stepping into the slide. Um, they're in red-hot form, actually, as well, so that'll be a very good game.
0: And uh, down at Harold Fraser Reserve at the back of Cars Park, they've worked hard on getting that ground up to a decent standard, which it has now. And this is an interesting match when Gordon take on uh, St George Sutherland. Uh, for St George Sutherland Talia Wilson comes back from Australia A duty, she won't be batting at 7 here she's been named as wicket keeper and for Gordon, no changes to the side that won last week Heidi Cheadle and Saskia Hawley alongside Charlotte Annabelle have all been named
4: Yeah, that'll be another interesting game, Gordon, registering their first win and St George uh, coming off the loss and then not playing much cricket the week beforehand, so I expect that to be a bit of a
0: close one. And the only other uh, cricket in the women's competition before Christmas is the last round of under 18s Brewer Shield on Sunday, a T20 round on Sunday. Those matches briefly Manly hosting St George Sutherland at Graham Reserve, uh, Gordon playing Parramatta at Beach and Oval at uh, Chatswood. Universities, you'll see them at least for the first half of the day up on the Northfield when they take on Campbelltown in their T20 match and Northern District taking on UTS North Sydney at Asquith Oval. They're all 10am starts under the T20 format and in the Brewer Shield, Gordon, Sydney Tigers and Northern District have raced out to uh, early leads. They're the only three unbeaten sides there. And interestingly, no second grade this weekend, Michaela Tirek did have the last word when Manly uh, comfortably defeated the Northern District at Mark Taylor Oval last Sunday. She was dismissed for one, Michaela Tirek, but got the last wicket to win the match.
4: Yeah, she sure did. Um, Would have been a very nice debut for her at Manly. I think she would have been quite happy with that as a takeaway, even though she didn't quite make the run she would have
0: liked. Okay, let's quickly then look at uh, W League football before we... Uh, Let you go. The match last night, wow. People are still... uh, uh, No,
2: that's this afternoon. Sorry, this
0: afternoon, I should say, wow. I mean, wow, this afternoon. The Sydney derby that was played this afternoon in the heat out at uh, uh, Bankwest Stadium as the curtain raiser to tonight's A-League game. And the Western Sydney Wanderers are the real deal, all right putting five goals past Sydney FC, a 5-0 drubbing. Amy Harrison and Kyra Cooney-Cross got goals inside the first 10 minutes. And the Wanderers never looked back and they have arrived. They are fair income
4: For sure. And you know what?
0: It was funny. I was looking at this
4: game earlier and if you look at who Sydney FC have actually played, they've played... They've had wins against the bottom five sides and then they're lost to City. So... With the form that Western Sydney Wanderers were in, it was always going to be a pretty tough game for them, but I don't think anyone could have predicted a 5 0 win. Like, they blew them out of the park, and Sydney just didn't, Sydney FD had no answers for them at all. And they're really putting their foot forward. I can't wait for them to play against City. That's going to be a fantastic top
0: of the table clash. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, not too far away. But before then, we've got the rest of this uh, pre-Christmas round uh, uh, to get through. Um, Just having a look as to when that match between Melbourne City and the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, will be. Uh, You're going to have to wait uh, a little while because (laughs) uh, that won't be until... uh, uh, February 20, by the looks of things. Oh, so by be. yeah, it's a fair way away, actually, having a look at uh, uh, the future draw. Yes, February 20 is when they will meet at the back end of the season. By that yeah, stage, they that could be... That might
4: be more crucial, actually.
0: Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, Melbourne City, look, they did the business in the Thursday night uh, pay television game. Last night, they eked out the 1-0 win at Broadmeadows over... The disappointing Perth glory, Rebecca Stott, got the goal in the second half.
4: Yeah, I mean, they dominated possession that whole game and they had way more shots on... Well, double the shots on target that Perth did. And they just basically shut Perth out of the game, um, which is what they had to do and what they've been very good at doing all season. So, points to them, they continue their run.
0: Now, uh, the rest of the uh, W League round... Due to the uh, incessant heat that is uh, dogging uh, all of Australia with record high temperatures, the Melbourne Victory Brisbane Raw match has been moved to 10.30am tomorrow morning at uh, uh, Epping Stadium on the outskirts of Melbourne. Yeah, it'll
4: be interesting to see how the players uh, cope with that morning. I suppose they'll be quite happy that they don't have to play in that afternoon heat like they would have had to. And um, they've already met once. This season, both of these sides, Victory getting up against Brisbane, I believe, but Brisbane with the slight upper hand sitting fifth, whereas Victory sitting seventh, I believe. Uh, but both sides really need a win, so expect that to be a, somewhat of a close match again, actually.
0: Indeed, and then uh, the uh, uh, the round completes on Sunday at oh, the Mars Sporting Complex to give the sponsor their due um, mm-hmm. in Adelaide. Adelaide United hosting Canberra United. This is a well, Adelaide bottom of the ladder, uh, still winless, still pointless, and Canberra United um, have lost ground on the big three, but they're probably the best of the rest.
4: Yeah, well, they're sitting nicely at four, even though, as you said, they're yeah, dropping off slightly from that top three, but they're, they're quite comfortable in that top four spot. Um, they're not showing enough consistency for me. I think they, they need to be winning some of those closer games. You, you would think that they would get the job against Adelaide, of course, but um, I'd like to see them just construct a game where they can actually shut out Adelaide, similar to how Melbourne City has been playing. I know that's not necessarily, necessarily their style, but they get off to such a quick start. They've been scoring lots of early goals. I'd love to see them being able to defend that a bit better.
0: Yes, um, rather than leak goals, which they have done fairly regularly in the first month of this W League season. All right, look, we better let you go. Get back to uh, what you're doing uh, out there uh, amongst it. Um, Have a great Christmas. It's been so good to have you join us on the sports crew. We're really looking forward to having you uh, with us through what we think is going to be a fairly exciting 2020 as far as Triple H Sport is concerned. If we're allowed to do what we're planning on doing. It's going to be uh, mind-blowing, some of the things we've got planned in 2020. We might even see here next week for what will be a different type of show. Uh, yes, we'll be talking a lot of sport in the first hour, but it could become a Christmas free-for-all in the second hour. <laughs> really looking forward to having you involved in that. Have a great Christmas, and uh, we'll speak soon.
4: Thanks, Tony, and thank you, everyone. hope everyone has a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as well. And I can't wait for what next year brings.
0: Indeed. Is as exciting what? as you're prepping it up to be. Indeed. Well, look, it's okay. We're going to have a, a big 2020, no doubt about that. And good luck on Sunday. Thank you
4: very much. <laughs> Zari, be-
0: Zari Benjamin, she's our uh, she's our uh, women's sport correspondent and also plays cricket for universities on the side, mm. apart from what she does here at Triple H. This is The Bench.